What? I know you all get tired of my horse racing analogies, but have to use it. The late money on the close was the dumb money, at least for now. AVGO up, way down after earnings. S&P's down, now up 15 handles. We'll cover some earnings report, but it's all about the jobs number at 835. It's a good thing we have Craig Johnson coming on at 815. Give us a technical and fundamental look at this market. It's Friday. It's the start of September. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, by the dippers, uh, doing their thing overnight. We're up 15 and a half handles, 41.3150. The buck down a nickel, not a big move there, 103.53. Bonds down a quarter of a point, 121 and a half. Crude, this is a nice move through the 84 handle, getting up here, making a new high of the move, up a buck of four at 84.67. Gold going up as well, up 540, 1971.30. Silver back above 25, that's up 22 cents at 25.03. In Bitcoin, I don't know what the courts are doing, but Bitcoin futures are down 100 bucks at 26,140. Dennis, the first thing I said to you was, wow. What a close there. A little bit of a rebalance, but uh, by the dippers are out there. Did uh, you get a piece of anything? Uh, yeah, there was. Um, and we had we did have a rebalance at the close there. It was the end of the month as well. MSCI uh, was rebalancing there. A couple stock movers. Um, one stock that I did get on the close, and the way I play these is limit on close. So if a stock gap's down, I get bought. And if a stock gap's up, I get short. Just playing, you know, a few different stocks. And I was actually able to buy DKNG on the close at 29.65. So it was a really good trade. I was able to flip it out um, literally about 10 seconds after I bought it. It was already trading back up at 30. So now it's 30.10 here this morning. So it was a nice flip, a nice quick, like just under 1% trade there on DKNG. So I'll take it. Tough environment. What, I'll take what it. What time did that come out? That they, they came out was at the three fifty. Uh, uh, or was that? Um, yeah, so, yeah. The the imbalances mm-hmm. show up at three fifty, and there was some significant sell imbalances, and some you know were buys, some were sells. And again, the way I traded, I don't always just you know take the balance at face value, but you know if it shows me a huge sell, I'll throw a couple LOCs out there, limit on close. If it does gap down, then I'm going to be long because typically those moves retrace. Now, if it doesn't gap down, then I just don't get a trade. So, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, they could gap down and go lower, but you typically don't see that. You know, sometimes it can happen, but typically you don't. Usually they usually they bounce back. Okay. Well, so, yeah, happening. it was good. That was, that was one trade at the close. So, we hadn't talked about rebalances in a while. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. We didn't even mention this one. I mean, it you know, because it's uh, – uh, probably not as widely followed of an index, but that's good. All right. Well, let's bring in Money Mitch here and really two two uh, earnings reports to discuss. Mitch, how are you doing on this first day of September? Ready to get after it. Taking shots. 
That's what you got to do sometimes. I tried to hit the brake pedal for uh, a little while. Now I'm back on the gas pedal and buying back to stocks. About, yeah, buying stocks, taking some shots, right? Especially swing trading action. Uh, maybe not too much on the day trading, but taking some swing trades. We'll talk what, a little bit. What about did you those. buy? Talk about what you bought um, recently. So uh, of course I'm, I'm starting to dip a little bit back into tech. So I went after two names yesterday. I went after Intel and mm -hmm. Salesforce on the pullback. Okay. Um, so I, I like that Salesforce report. I like Intel. Um, and we might as well mention the Intel news that came out yesterday. Of course, the CEO uh, said that the semiconductor giant was above the midpoint for its third quarter guidance. Um, so they said that they were feeling good about Q3 as that progresses. And that came from the Deutsche Bank technology conference. So maybe look to see if we get other news from that technology conference. Um, but that's something that definitely caught my attention. So I was able to catch it on the pullback. I got Intel 3513 yesterday uh, as it was coming back to 35. Yeah, it, I mean, let's see what happens. I mean, it might be trading there right now. Uh, 35, we got four highs at the 3570, 3574 area. So you get through there and then you got the high of the move. Nice, uh, nice winning streak for Intel and uh Maybe it will stop being Intel here on a, on a monthly basis, though. You got to really put 37 in the uh, rearview mirror, two monthly highs. And uh, well, now I got to look at the next month, uh, July and August. Uh, looking good here. 3711, 3719. I bought and the of course, Palantir yesterday, too. Oh, Palantir. Half size. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's a nice pullback. It got the good support down there at 14 um you know we'll see how it goes swing trade for me on this one here too just thinking the ai story isn't dead i feel like this could get you know hot again if the ai story continues and you got the gift from morgan stanley on the pullback here like obviously <laughs> yeah, we said. it's a gift or not but i mean it was down 10 percent yesterday here on that sent downgrade there so i think you got good support in the 14s here so we'll see textbook move uh two buck uh, rally off the low of the move and we did talk about this one yesterday it gave back half of that move we also talked yeah. about as of late uh fading morgan stanley you had the 14 the exact double bottom at 1450 to lean on the buyer stepped up at uh, 1465 and you have an identifiable exit point on this one too like you don't need to wait to this thing if it if it reverses course you don't okay i'm getting out at 12 now you can see where the well-defined support is in palantir and Nice pullback after earnings. It's such an interesting market because there's a lot of non-participation in this recent rally here too. Like, you know, obviously Palantir hasn't participated too much, but that got mostly because it got knocked down yesterday. But Square hasn't moved at all. I still look at the Square and think, man, I got the nice support around 55. So I know I'm losing three bucks. And I'm like, if it starts to, you know, go out of here, and obviously PayPal's, you know, going to trade with it as well. Um, you know, it's a laggard, so that's the one concern is why is it not rallying when the rest of the market's going? But there's a little cup and handle going here, and maybe there's a catch-up trade. I guess that depends, you know, on where this market goes overall. Obviously, 830, we're gonna get a jobs number here. You know, there's obviously a lot of people who believe that you know this is just another rally to sell, but I, I don't know. I I'm on the fence here. I'm still sitting with a lot of cash in the long-term portfolio, but stocks that haven't gone yet, maybe there is an opportunity.
Well, do you got your Lululemon pants on? Let's go to those earnings as Lululemon Athletica reports a robust Q2 performance with earnings per share at $2.68, surpassing the estimate of $2.54. Sales of $2.21 billion also exceeded expectations. They provided a positive outlook for Q3 and fiscal year 23, highlighting strong growth in greater China. All over the place on the report. It got <laughs> hammered initially because the algos are just wrong. It seems like wow. all the time. It went all the way down to basically where you have all the support down here in the low 360s. What was the low last night, Joel? 59.42. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Is that right? It got down to yeah, 59.42. I... And look at those lows. Look at your daily now. So go and look, you know, at that I got it. I, chart. I, I... Yeah. Put on the arrow there. That's right. It went right to that low and bounced right oh, off man. of it. Not only bounced and it went up, and it's all the way up to resistance now. So we literally went right back up to the 390 resistance area. So now it's at resistance. It's unbelievable that we went down to your major support for the last three months, and now we're up at resistance because she completely bounced and then turned around and went green. By the dips. Working. I wonder what the expected move too was in Lululemon. Mm -hmm. I mean, to see, yeah, to see it. I'm going to gather it was a, a lot more than eight dollars. Uh, a lot more. No, I know, but right I'm now. talking. Yeah, but I'm talking when it dropped twenty. Let's go. Look. Right. Yeah, it dropped twenty. Yeah, I. You know what I'm going to do on this one? I mean, I know that you know we missed it. Whatever we could see the 360 again but i've just this monthly's just staring at me here look at the last two months and now we're starting the new months right here at uh this 395 area we're five bucks away from it if you know if that's it i mean those two two monthly highs are a dime apart at 394.50 i mean you cannot argue that above that it's a major breakout getting a running start today already up nine bucks you're going to need a a good jobs report and a favorable market but uh lulu on the verge of breaking out on the monthlies it was 30 points it looks like to me just quick quick look at it if i did my okay. math right there 13 and 17 so under it um again i don't know who's his, his premiums it's so hard to make money I just keep reiterating if you learn anything from the show it's so hard to make money buying options and that's you know basically just you know it's lottery tickets of wall street and there's a lot more people who make money selling options than they do buying options obviously i had nick shaheen on the show for a very long time he's specialized in selling options my buddy chris chris um you know uh, he's specialized in selling options for the last decade I mean, and they make good, consistent money doing it. I mean, obviously, they have huge losses at certain points in time. So you can't get over leveraged. You can't get like, you know, too much. But just consistently writing options is a better strategy than consistently buying options. Jay, Jay said the expected move was 22. If if that's the case, I don't have my options. No, I, I, I don't think it was. So let's just, I just looked at it. So big. The 380. So what was it? Because it went out at 381.26. Here, hang on. I'm, okay. I'm going to add it right up here. I'll do the math. So how you do this, again, we teach this. Go to the options chain. Look at the close. Went off at 380, grabbed the closest strike. So we got options expiring today. So we can grab those. And if we look at the 380 puts, they were going for 14. And the three or 380 calls were going for four. Sorry, 380 calls were going between 1510 to 1565. So 1540 call it. And the puts mm -hmm. were $14. So it's about $29, $29.5. Hmm. Okay. A little bit. So it was a little bit bigger than, than what we than what uh, the market moved. 
Okay. I'm just adding right. up the calls and the puts at the close. Right. So okay. Price don't lie. You know, price like don't lie. Up. Unless they weren't trading at all, like they were just. But, but I mean, I can go to the next strike, and it's 16 and 12, and the next one is 14 and 15. So 12 and 6, 17. Everything's adding up to 30 bucks. Gotcha. Okay. Brock all right. Home now. Let's go to Brock Home. Oh, Brock home. oh my strong Q3 earnings per share of $10.54, beating the $10.42 estimate. Sales of $8.8 billion also exceeded expectation. However, the stock did dip a little bit as slight uh, revenue guidance for Q4 missed the expectation here. But now starting to catch a little bit of a lift here. Could this one come back? Yeah, I think so. I think there's an AI story here. So I've talked about this stock being reasonable play, like reasonable valuation trading 18, 19 times. I think it's expanded since then. We were talking about this stock down to like 830, 840. Obviously got up to 922 yesterday. And again, the strategy of being long stocks ahead of the reports continues to pay, selling them before they report. But that thing ran for three days ahead of the report, ran from eight. And maybe market effects, but I mean, you still can't lie with the, you can't argue with the performance. 856 to 922 and three trading sessions ahead of the report. And then expectations maybe just a little bit too high. It was sitting up here at its all time highs. And, you know, you get a little pullback here, but is this pull on NVIDIA? Maybe, you know, wait for a couple of days, couple days try to yep. consolidate and then eventually start getting bought again. I think so. Wow. I, when we were looking at this one um, uh, at the, uh, the the closing print, I said, well, you know, your two-day low is 879.11, right? I'm sure a lot of people, after seeing a trade, you know, over 920, they wouldn't mind seeing there. You got to 77.34, and then boom, you got a nice bounce, still down 30 bucks. I mean, right now, there's, there's sellers at 880, but I, I think there are buyers at 880. I bet you they'll be... Uh, Stepping up here in the regular session, but people just got way, way too giddy about the report and got stuff. So I don't think you're just going to pop right back up because you do have people that bought into the momentum waiting for that thing to go to 950, 960, and they're probably looking to parcel out a little bit today. MongoDB, MongoDB shines in Q2, reporting earnings per share of 93 cents, outperforming the estimate of 46 cents. Pretty good beat there. Sales of 423.8 million also beat the expectation. They project strong growth in Q3, full year 24, raising their outlook significantly here. Getting a nice little pop. What do you guys think about MDB? It's not a stock I trade. I don't know why. I never trade this stock. Um, <laughs> Me neither. I haven't filters. traded it in, in the it's past. 400. I mean, it's, these four, maybe it is, but but I don't mind trading like an AV. I'll trade AVGO. So I do trade these stocks here. Maybe it's liquidity is a little bit less. I don't know why. I don't know why I never trade this stock. But I mean, you're still in what range here. The range has been really over the course of the last three months, 440 to 350. You're in the middle of the range. Sometimes yeah. it's just no trade. Sometimes it's just like, you know, 400 is a logical point where it might run into resistance. But I mean, in the pre-market, it went up to, or after hours, it went up to 415. So it's come off those highs here, but sometimes there's just no trade. Sometimes you need to take a pass. Yeah, I was going to say the technicals on this one. It did get to, it did get to 418. So it has pulled back quite a bit off that high. 
400. I'll just give it since we're we're close to 400. I'll give you the daily high, the August 7th high at 4 405.30. It it did trade well above that in the pre-market, but uh, now we're 10 bucks away from it for MongoDB. The only thing I can see is on the weekly and daily, I see like kind of a cup and handle pattern. So uh, that's actually a pretty decent pattern there. Um, and then I just look for it to hold the weekly support around 363 now. Um, that's just the way I see it on the weeklies. Sentinel-1 impressing in Q2 here. And I wanted to think about this also with other cybersecurity stocks. So we've been getting their earnings. Of course, PanW started it off with their surprise earnings on that Friday. Uh, impressive Q2 with adjusted earnings per share at a loss of $0.08, cents, surpassing the loss of $0.14 cent estimate. Sales of $149.4 million exceeded expectation. They raised full-year 24 revenue outlook and reflecting confidence in their performance. What do you guys think? Can Sentinel-1 finally get off the ground? Stock always disappoints. And last quarter was a, just a disaster. So maybe they weren't expecting as much this quarter. We went from $20 to $14. Now you start getting back up. You think about a potential gap. Fell if we can get into that area. Oh, here, that's a lot. Yeah. Long ways it, away. Yeah, it did get to $19.33. That gap fill comes in way up here at uh, $19.90. But, you know, I, I would other would look at the way I'm looking at this one. I'd like to see if we could come and build a base over 17, right? We're over 17 right now, 1733. Maybe not necessarily a gap fill, but for this to have a meaningful run and just today, tomorrow, next couple of days, if you could build some support uh, over that former, well, former resistance, at least for now, 17 bucks. I, but this has been the uh, perennial laggard. Uh, we're, what, 12 minutes from the jobs number, and we have uh, Mr. Johnson in the green room. So let's get to him before that big jobs number. Mr. Johnson, Chief Market Technician at Piper Sandler. Let's get right to it, Craig. Nice rally here to end the month of August, heading into September. Jobs number. Where are we at technically? We're having a slight little mic issue. It's probably on our side, Craig. If you could just do me the favor, I'll walk to you right quickly. We'll at the bottom settings. Let's go to the audio and then the mic. It probably deselected your normal default mic there. Let's just see the little green dots moving once you select one that works. Sorry about that, guys. We'll get them on in just two seconds here. He's grabbing it. I think I heard him. The suspense. All right. How's that? Is that better? All set, Craig. We're all set. Let's go. All right. Sorry about that, guys. No, that's on us. uh, So from our perspective, as we look at this uh, big picture of the market, we had recently raised up our year-end price objective, the 48.25. Everybody still tells me why this market cannot work. And as I continue to keep looking at all the charts, all the data, I continue to keep seeing things that are working. You guys were talking about MongoDB. You were talking about uh, Sentinel-1. I would agree. I would pass on Sentinel-1 at this point in time. But the chart of MongoDB, uh, I kind of like how we've made the bottom and we're starting to work our way higher. You were talking about NVIDIA. Again, everybody got freaked out about that earnings report where the stock sold off. But the truth is, when you talk to some of the large institutions, they were really very, they had very full positions in NVIDIA. 
And they were using that as a liquidity event to move some stock. And the reason they had to sell it, they own too much of it. I mean, there are rules and regulations with these big firms that you can only own sort of X percent of the portfolio in your top five or 10 or 15 stocks. And they got to a point in time where it's grown so much they had to trim it back. So I think that was sort of a misleading sort of uh, event that happened with NVIDIA. I think the chart still looks great and we still own it in our model portfolio. Greg, what about the fundamentals with NVIDIA here? Because it's such an interesting case of, you know, the valuation has scared people away of this stock. But because the earnings are growing so quickly, the PE is actually coming lower as the price goes higher. You rarely see that. I remember that happening with Apple back mm -hmm. in like 2010 and 2011, where the price simply couldn't keep up with the earnings growth because iPhone was growing so rapidly. And we know what happened over the course of Apple over the next you know decade. The price just kept going. Yeah. Is this like another case where AI is just going to you know, be so strong that this E is going to grow, continue to grow? And this this apparent, you know, valuation that scares everybody away is going to continue to potentially get cheaper? Does, does it have to be just AI or could some of this uh, some of the crypto business come back for them? Well, too? So too. it could be a combination of things. But what I would say about NVIDIA is I wouldn't try to overthink it. The chart still looks very constructive. Yes. Uh, you are very far above a rising 200-day moving average, uh, but you're nicely above your 50, and you're very nicely above a 20-period moving average, too. So as long as you stay above moving averages, I wouldn't try to overthink it. I think we are, all of us here recognize that the longer-term uh, outlook for NVIDIA and the end market still remain to be very healthy and very constructive. But, you know, one other thing to think about, too, is with AI is – Take a look at the chart of ACN. So every Accenture. yeah, Accenture. So every C-suite individual out there is like, what does AI mean for my business? How do I think about it in terms of a SWOT analysis, right? Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And they don't know. They don't know what AI really means for their business. I think there's going to have to be a lot of um, uh, consulting projects getting done. And Accenture certainly could be a play in that. And you take a look at the longer term chart, and it is definitely a chart that's bottomed out and starting to turn higher and certainly doesn't trade at the uh, the lofty valuations and arguments that you've got for NVIDIA and other names. So this could be another kind of way to play it, but really uh, ties into the C-suite because they're all confused what AI means. <laughs> Craig, uh, big big uh, um, thing in this market is rotation, right? Growth versus value. And and we know that, that growth is, is dominated, you know, over the years, there's been periods where value has crept back in uh, still the, the, you know, interest rates hovering over. But I mean, what are you seeing as far as this rotation? We're, we're, we're starting to see the growth pick it up a little bit. Some of the value is still, you know, holding in there. I mean, are we are are we are we finally at another run here where, where growth is really going to come into play? Maybe if rates just stay steady, not necessarily have to go down. Where what's your prospects just overall for the rotation, a much more bigger rotation into growth? Well, let me let me answer the question kind of with the interest rate aspect that you just just mentioned. Uh, as I look at the very long-term chart, again, way longer than most people are thinking about, I'll look at the 40-year chart of 10-year. I know that when you reverse a long-term secular downtrend like that, you get an initial surge, and then you ultimately pull back and you retest sort of where you reverse that. 
that would suggest to me that 10-year bond yields could be trading down toward three, three and a quarter uh, by year end. And from my perspective, that's a huge move from where we are here. And if you look at the correlation between 10-year bond yields and the S&P 500, it's still highly inverted, uh, that correlation, which means that equity markets would work, growth stocks would work. And that's exactly what I think will happen into year end is growth will work. I just don't think it's going to be necessarily the large cap names that are uh, in its entirety, the Magnificent Seven working to push it higher like we saw in the first half. If you pull up a chart of like Microsoft on your screen, I would argue that Microsoft, great company, nothing wrong with it, great play on AI too, but you look at how it's sort of come off the highs and it sort of needs to consolidate. It needs to rest in here for a little bit. And if you were to look at a relative strength chart of this, you'll see that the relative performance of Microsoft has started to fade a little bit which means to me that you're going to get into year end more of a mid small cap advance for tech than the large cap. Same sort of setup is happening with Apple too. Now, not to contradict myself, but to point out a little bit of a differential alphabet uh, certainly looks constructive on the Mm. charts. There's nothing negative to say there. And then Tesla still looks terrific. It looks like it wants to take the next leg up. So it's going to be, I think more of a selective market, But with Apple and Microsoft sort of needing the rest, this is where I think some of that money can come down cap and sort of push up stocks like Confluent. Uh, CFLT is another example of a pretty decent looking chart to go out and trade too. Greg, you mentioned mentioned the 10 year at three, three and a quarter. Um, What's the the path to that is we just, we absolutely whooped inflation and, my economy is already slowing down and the Fed needs to pump more liquidity in there because I don't I don't see I don't see a lot of predictions for that by year end. I mean, we're heading into September that wouldn't that just take a monumental pivot uh, from the Fed and kind of opposite of what they've been saying? Well, the, the, the economy is slowing, you know, to a degree at this point in time. And if you look at what we just literally have done in terms of 10-year bond yields, we, we literally went right up to 433, 440, uh, sorry, 433, 434, and now we've backed off to 408, right? Like, this was like a weakened change that we saw that sort of correction happening. What's it going to take to get there? I think more evidence that the economy is slowing. I think more evidence that uh, the inflation is starting to have its impact. Keep in mind, we've got the fastest and largest number of rate hikes from the Fed that we've uh-huh. seen over time. And again, this is going to start the bite. It start to, it's going to start to have an impact. And I think as we initially start to see that happen, the 10-year bonds will come down. Equity markets will react positively for now. Now, if the, if the deflation word comes out at some point in time, that's going to bring an end to the equity advance. But that's not today. That's not tomorrow. And a lot of the portfolio managers need to sort of chase this market into your end. And that's sort of exactly what they're doing. So a lot of these issues um, that people are pointing out uh, probably are more like a first or second quarter issue for 2024 than they are now. And hence, there's a window of opportunity for equities to work as the 10-year bond yields come down. All right. I, I want to drop in a quick one here before we get our job numbers. Uh, Craig, what about financials? Because I'm starting to see the banks coming down. I'm a little bit concerned that we could go back into some regional bank concerns. And of course, if, if we could get 
this lift off in financials again i would definitely go back looking to tech but that's the only thing that i could see maybe you know ruining this kind of bullish action that we've lately seen yeah i mean what i think about with uh with the financials and thinking about it on an absolute and a relative basis first if i look at like a chart of like jp morgan is there something really mm -hmm. wrong there yeah not really um you know, the stock is still trending. The relative has been a little bit more sideways. And so it's like the financials are sort of more sideways consolidating. But what do you want to do with like a MasterCard, right? Like everybody talks about the consumer having issues. I see MasterCard breaking out to basically all-time new highs. Yeah. I come through and I look at the Visa. Yeah. Same sort of scenario with this too. Um, if we also come in and look at some of the more regional banks, um, fifth third, as an example, if I, Craig, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you here. We got the jobs number coming at eight 30. You're more than welcome to stay on with us for it. If you want, if you, um, it's your call here. We got to let uh triple D, uh, head into the trade cave there. So we do have keep that Craig on if Craig's willing to stay, keep him on maybe to analyze this, but let's uh, get Mitch to preview it quickly and then get yep. Craig's analysis after I'm happy yeah. to be here. Great. Fantastic. Okay. Go ahead, Excellent. Mitch. Excellent. Let's go ahead. Let's get delivery here. Of course, they're going to be coming in. The expectations are that uh, we're going to get an added 170,000 jobs last month. Let's take a look at what we're about to get here. And of course, like always, let's see if the jobs number actually moves us. Lately, it hasn't been doing too much action here. Um, so we're definitely going to take a look to see if we finally get a, the, the spike that Jerome's been talking about for a while. But I, I don't think we'll get it here. Let's find out. Uh, looking at 170,000 prior was 187,000. Uh, so expected to actually come down, right? So let's see what we get. Okay, boy, the algos are all over the place. We've had some pops. We've had some drops here, though. But uh, looks like we're going to get a weak number is what we need, right? S&Ps have just taken out Thursday's blowback side. 187? Oh, look at that. Craig's fast, man. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> Craig got it here. 187 coming in versus 170,000 estimate prior 157. What do you think about that? We'll go, we'll go to Craig's first outlook since he was, he was that quick. <laughs> I guess putting up a good jobs number to suggest the economy is, is doing, uh, doing fine, doing better than people think. And it sort of adds a little bit of credence to the, uh, the soft landing scenario out there for those folks. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and, and we can maybe even go back to what you were talking about. So uh, I know Sydney wants to hear a little bit uh, on finishing that statement on FITB and the regional bank outlook. So we'll, we'll let you finish that outlook since we're not seeing too much off this. Yeah, and also to say, too, is that if I look at the 10-year post the jobs number, we were at 408 before the announcement. We're now at 406. So, you know, we are seeing uh, we're seeing it coming down even on that stronger job number. So. Uh, I think we also had, um, um, so the unemployment rate uh, is up to 3.8% from 35 So I guess you are seeing some of those jobs numbers uh, come down. Now, the question is, I don't understand when you go up 187, and then you get the unemployment rate to go down, but, uh, or sorry, to go up to 3.8% from 35 I'd have to dig into it deeper. But at this point in time, yeah, I think- that one's a little hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the reaction is- uh, Things are okay. Things are better than we think. And, and I think that's what I would take away from this number. 
And let me take a look and see what the futures are doing. Yeah, futures got a nice pop. We've taken out uh, that, as I mentioned, that high from yesterday, forty-one and a quarter. Uh, just stalled a little bit at our August tenth high at forty-four seventy-five. I mean, I, I mean, to me, I mean, this, you know, this, this kind of goes along with what the Fed's saying that you know we, you know, yeah. things are not too bad out there, and we got to be careful. We. Maybe not, you know, still strong economy. So I, I think just uh, stable rates. I don't know what we're going to get, uh, you know, in the September meeting here. But uh, we hit we hit uh, 45, 45. That's a good number up here. So far, they're liking it. Uh, yesterday, they did like the number. and We kind of faded off it. So uh, everything's fine then, Craig, right? Uh, no matter what the Fed does, you can't you can't kill this economy. It, it seems to be sort of a dovish uh, sort of, uh, you know, sort of a dovish unemployment number, I guess, is sort of what it looks like. Right. Like, does the Fed really, um, you know, how is the Fed going to have to react to this number here? Now, let's take a look and see what the Fed fund futures tell us. Give me one more second. Sure. So yeah. looking at the Fed fund futures, you've now got the probabilities for a rate hike in September at 11.3 percent. For November, you're at 35%. And if you compare this to where we were yesterday, um, you know, you were basically unchanged. Mm -hmm. You were basically at 11.8 yesterday and you were at 36. So your probability actually came down one percentage point for the November numbers. So, again, sort of a non-event as you put all these pieces together. And 10-year bond yields coming down. So do you see it as... It, Craig, do you see it as almost a given that uh, we'll still just be at the current rate policy at the next meeting, maybe looking towards November for that jump? You know, I have some people. So the answer to your question is yes. I think it's a pass um, at the at the meeting on uh, September 20th. And the odds are 35 percent for one in November. So you have to be thinking that it's a pass and then potentially done. Uh, sort of scenario. I mean, there are some schools of thinking out there that suggest that the Fed may already be done. And what's interesting is if the Fed is done and they're at this sort of uh, level and they're going to stay there for a while, they historically stay at that level for about 8.2 months before you get your first cut. And what's interesting with that for equities is equities usually rally almost 13% during that 8.2 month period looking back to the 1980s. So if that is indeed the case, um, there's still a window of opportunity for equities to work and these growth oriented names, uh, you know, Joel, that you had mentioned are still going to continue to do well. I think this just puts a punctuation point on stable for longer, not necessarily, you know, everyone's like yeah. higher for longer. And I, I think that this environment, people are just going to have to get used to this current interest rate environment. I mean, the Fed still has plenty of bullets in the chamber if it if we do see some weakness, but uh, th things are here to stay. Craig, thanks so much for coming on. I know you've had a busy morning over there at Piper Sandler uh, coming with us, giving us your technical and fundamental outlook on the market and staying through the jobs number with us. So we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be dialing you up uh, later in uh, September. Happy to chat anytime, guys. Have a great day. All right, we'll get Craig out of here. We'll go back looking into the markets. That was a decent reaction off of the number there. Yeah, um, it's kind didn't of even like, expect it, but yeah, it was kind of like a bad. I guess it's like a bad number because it was a good number, but it's a good number because 
things are still okay with the you know with the economy. August unemployment went up three point eight percent, so that's also something to think about here too. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's anything negative really because I, it just I think shows we're that back the in this, Fed's plan's working, right? Mitch, I think we're just back in this market where bad news is good news and good news is good news. But it's okay. a sentiment. Bulls are back in control here. They grabbed it four days ago. Um, you know, where bears look like after the NVIDIA party that they were going to take it. And you know, obviously had the bear parade happening there. And we've just turned around. We've turned around on a dime. And yeah. it's not just NVIDIA here now. I mean, you've got the IWM that just in five days went from 181 up to 191. I mean, that's really no AI in that. So, I mean, this is across the board now. They're buying stocks here again. And this market just is very resilient. This consumer has been very resilient. We know this consumer finds the money to spend, even if their, you know, payments are higher. And and again, you know, it's maybe not as much of an issue in the U.S. where they got the fixed mortgages for 30 years. But, you know, in a lot of other places, you know, they're getting squeezed on these interest rates, but they're still finding ways to spend. You go out and it's busy. So I don't know. Am I chasing stocks here, though? I don't ever chase because, um, you know, somebody in the chat just said it. Um, this market always gives you another chance. And I mean, this is the one thing that traders do so much is that they fear that I'm not in the market. I've got to get in. It's going to go up without me and I'm going to miss everything. There's always another ship ready to depart. You just got to go find that next ship. If you're chasing stocks, that is in the long way a good way to ruin your trading career. Chasing stocks, 23 years of professional trading, making literally my entire, you know, like life off of trading. So I've never really had another, you know, obviously I worked construction when I was really young, but I mean, since I turned 22 years old and started up right trading when I was 22, this has been my full-time job is trading. And the first thing, you know, I talk about that story, the kid beside me chasing everything and watching him lose, lose, lose. I learned so much by him losing so often just by chasing stocks. So right now, if you're coming in and buying today, you're definitely chasing. But that doesn't mean you can't be bullish. It just means that if you're not in, wait for your opportunity and then get in because you always will find another opportunity. But panicking at this point and saying, I got to get in. You know, I got to get in because the S&Ps went up, you know, 7% here in a week. I got to get in now because I'm going to go up another 7% in a week. It typically usually gets 7% in a week and then you don't get another 7% a week. Maybe I'm exaggerating four. I just ballparked 18 points. So it's 5% in a week. But I think just, you know, don't panic if you're, you know, in a lot of cash here right now. I have a lot of cash here right now. There's opportunities and I think you're going to have more opportunities. Uh, someone asked for like an example of a stock that you're not, you know, you're not chasing. Well, they're all chasing. If, if you're buying well, well, anything. No, no, no. Well, you know, at the beginning of the show, you talked about Palantir. Yeah, about the depth of that. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, you didn't have a chase that one. And then you also, mm-hmm. you're definitely not chasing Square. Uh, I mean, I'm not I in Square, you, but I look at this and think, yeah, it hasn't left right, the station. So right. you're right. You could go and, and nibble into those ones too. <laughs> But I think what I'd like overall is you have your shopping list, you get the pullback, and you get in. And, you know, we were expecting a pullback in August. You know, we, we talked. We got we, it. We timed the market perfectly. My biggest mistake is I don't get back in quick enough. You know, and I bought a couple of stocks, but, you know, I really didn't buy enough. I bought Unity, which was a good buy. 
Um, there was a couple other ones. Remember, I went shopping the one day. Unity. I can't remember what else I bought. But... Unity looks uh, perky here. If it could, uh, I, I, I think the Unity is going to go. I think Unity is going to have a date with forty here again. So um, it yeah. does look. It doesn't look like it, it hasn't won too far yet. I mean, it's up about ten percent in you know, a few days here. So it is up. But I just yeah. think just have your shopping list ready. The one thing with trading and, and even investing, because as an investor and people say, well, I'm long term, it doesn't matter. Well, at the time of execution, you're all traders. Warren Buffett is a trader when he's buying a stock. So why would you not want to get the best possible price? Why would you want yeah. to you know, pay up 10%, then watch it fall 7 8%, and then you're like, well, why the hell did I just pay up? So I think just we're not in this market like 2020 where you buy a stock that's up 10% because it's going up 20%. I don't think we're in that anymore. And that's why I just think, just you know, I don't panic is what I'm trying to say. If you're sitting with a lot of cash, you're still getting paid. I mean, I get five and a half percent getting paid on the sidelines on the cash that I have. But I think, you know, just jumping in and saying, I have to own this market right now because it's going to go without me. There'll be some headline, you know, in a week or two, and you're going to get another shot again or, or pick on those stocks that haven't gone yet. Uh, well, you talk about potential headlines. I mean, we do have uh, we do have some inflation numbers coming a little bit later in the month, right? We, uh, I believe September thirteenth and fourteenth. So we'll get you know we've been on a great run uh, fighting inflation here, and uh, we'll see if that if that will continue. Uh, S&P's just made a high at 46 and a quarter, so uh, uh, still chugging along. We did break that four-day losing streak, uh, or four-day winning streak was just, that was just a blip on the close yesterday, but uh, Bulls are still in control. Is once, I got a stock for you not to chase, Dennis, Dollar General. Oh, man. <laughs> and there's certain pockets to just stay away from. And, you know, buy the dip, maybe comes in here, try to come in yesterday, and then the analysts are downgrading it here today. And, you know, a lot of people are arguing the dollar general. But, you know, we've been arguing margins are probably getting squeezed on the low end. We can say there's a trade down effect where, you know, some consumers, you know, are getting strapped for tax cash and maybe going down there, but you're not really seeing it. And then obviously, you know, there's there's labor costs have increased for them. The prices is probably hard for them to raise prices at certain, especially some of these fixed dollar stores. I know Dollar General is not one of those, but Dollar Tree is. So I think, you know, I think there's just places to stay away from as well. And I'm just not interested really in a lot of these, you know, retailers. And, and there's certain ones that are working, but it's been tough overall, the retail. I'm more interested in tech stocks, to be honest, because that's what's. You know, and, and again, not chasing here, but there's certain stocks that have come back off the highest significantly. Of course, I got two downgrades today. Raymond James and Evercore ISI group downgrading the stock. Uh, Raymond James lowered their price target to 160 and Evercore uh, stuck with neutral and price target of 150. Um, yep. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, and you, you wanted to take a look at Lulu? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I just I I was wanted to put that up on the chart. Sorry about that. The only thing I just oh, wanted to mention. Not, uh, uh, the only thing I wanted to mention about this Dollar General, and uh, you know, we talk about you know the pre-market lows and you know off the open, and there's a lot of risk off the open, right? Because uh, you know the market makers are waiting to get stuff to lean on. But uh, I just this is just an instance where you had I want to get the data window up here. Uh, you had the pre-market low in this right at like 128.40. It opened right there. So if you were shorting this in the hole looking for 120, it, it, it oh, basically and it's hard to think a stock that was down that much that 
it went straight up from the open, but you know, that was one. There's there's some opportunities, you know, on the opening using the let me see, the pre-market low was made in the final bracket at one. 2830 the low in the regular session was 12848 so i just wanted to point that out as you know if you're going to go contrarian and do something on on big stocks like that you know that are having big moves the open is a good opportunity to uh, to do things sps now starting to starting to leak just a little bit still up 23 handles though at 4539 Ollie's is one of the interesting charts and discount stores just to state it's kind of different than this but of course they're not a dollar they're probably a little bit more expensive than dollar stores but interesting chart to see those dollar stores down so much but yet Ollie's being able to hold on here. Well, there's obviously wow. certain pockets of retail that are just working really well. We talk about TJX. We talk about Walmart is at all-time highs. There mm-hmm. is certain find, pockets. Find the pockets, right? Find those find pockets. Find the pockets that are working. But also, what's Walmart have? It has pricing power. You know, you've got Dollar Tree that's trying to operate at a fixed price, meaning, you know, they were dollar stores. Now right. in, in Canada, I know they're like $1.50 or something like that or $1.25. So they've even broke the box. Because they have to, because they can't sign for a dollar, because they can't get anything for a dollar. So, I mean, Walmart passes these prices on. Kellogg's raises prices. It shows up at the Walmart store. They just pass it through. So you've got to look at which companies have that pass-through power. And again, maybe we're coming out of the inflationary environment. It's not going to be as much of an issue going forward. But it sure is an issue still right now. Because prices of everything have come up substantially. Labor costs are still going up here. And it's still hard to find employees. I mean, you can see what the jobs numbers and stuff. It's still, you know, the employees still got power here. So they're asking for raises and they're getting them. So there's there's, this margins getting squeezed. But Walmart has the power to pass that through. I've never been in an Ollie's. Maybe they've just figured it out. But there's certain pockets of retail. And they obviously figured it out because the stock's almost at all-time highs. So it's just certain pockets of retail that have just figured it out better than other pockets. Dell Technology, uh, let's take a look there, demonstrating its strength in Q2. Earnings per share of $1.74, beating the estimate of $1.14. Sales of $22.93 billion also surpassed expectation. The CEO emphasized their ability to generate cash and create value for shareholders. What a, what a move here for Dell again. Um, Del, you know, Del, you talk Del. About one that I wanted in the are... pandemic. This is an investment, man. It seems like yeah. Well, then they take it away from you when the stock goes down. I always complain about that. <laughs> back, and I did. I complain about that yesterday on the show too. I own yeah, this stock yeah. in the long term portfolio. I always complain about it, and it went down, down, down in the financial crisis. And then I'm like, and I was like at eight dollars. It was it was it had been up at fifty and eight. And I was like, I'm holding on to Dow because the valuation is just a joke down here right now. I'm like, the stock is going to come back eventually. And what's he do? He takes the whole company private at 11. So I'm like, I'm taking out. There's nothing I can do. My stock's gone. I was like, I did not vote for that. But there's a lot of people that did vote for it. So I'm still yeah. pissed off at Dell for that. And now you look at it at 62. And yeah, so it's a great investment. Tell him it goes down a little bit. And then Michael Dell takes the company private again and then takes you out at the low. So he was a genius. He made all the money off of his investment. He did. He did. I remember, I remember when that happened. Uh, I don't know what the expected move is in this thing because it's really not a, a big mover stock here. So you're up seven bucks on this one, trading at the highs of the pre-market session. That's at 63.28. 
Still bid on pretty good volume. So I think for this one, just make sure you key on that pre-market high. Make sure you get follow through on it. On the other hand, if you have 63 as a target, mm, waking up and Dell's up seven bucks. I don't know how many times it's done that over the over the past few years. But I'm a Dell guy. I got a I got a Dell here. I got a Dell here. I got Really old Dells under here. I've always, I've always been Dell guy. I've had, I've, I've had some Dells in the past, and I don't know. And I've been with sticking with Hewlett Packard. Maybe I got to go back to Dell. Maybe I've got to go back to Dell. All right, we'll do a little ticker time. It's Friday, right? And we're here uh-huh. for you guys. But like always, you must hit the like if you're taking part in ticker time. So if you guys are throwing up those tickers, hit the like down below um let's get to some of the stocks i did see a lot of people mention how disney is not doing well gosh and uh yes it's not doing well guys i see next stop for that um i see it maybe going down there to 80 but that's just my outlook and it's not just your outlook it's the outlook of the market here mitch because this is telling you and sometimes and remember i was bullish disney for a long time I was bullish Disney saying, you know, I think eventually, you know, they're going to figure some of this stuff out. But then, you know, you looked at the scenario and the parks were firing all cylinders and the other businesses just kept not doing well. And Disney Plus wasn't doing well. And, you know, we know the Fox acquisition was just a disaster. And we talked about all the problems at Disney. And I'm like, if they ever lose the parks, it's going to be in real trouble. So this is what's happening is the parks aren't doing as well as they were probably three months ago. So now you got problems here. So, I mean, Disney's a no touch for me at this point in time. It will be a buy at some point in time. But right now, no, thank you. Um, pl- uh, Plasma short it. Good job, Plasma, being short the stock here. Um, I sold the rest of mine on that last pop when it got up to like the 101, 102. When they went, and then when they announced Iger was coming back, and I was like, I'm out. I'm like, yeah. I don't want Iger. I wanted somebody new. I wanted fresh blood. I wanted something else. So, and they brought back Iger for the next couple of years. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and wait two more years for the same guy trying to figure it out. And they say, oh, well, he wasn't there for a while and all the problems were created when he was gone. I don't know if that's the case. So I just wanted to see something fresh and something new. Disney's is a broken story until somebody else comes and fixes it. I don't think Iger's going to fix it. Yeah, they had that the Amazon talks, right, about stream. I mean, they've had a, what I thought were, you know, a couple positive catalysts, you know, over the last couple of days. And now they're hit with a, a negative catalyst. They're having some problems with charter communications on their distribution That's deal. Uh, Disney declined the proposal. Uh, technically, we talked about the setup on this one for a long time, and you just – you can't get it around technically. I mean, all those lows at the 85, 85 and a quarter area. Now you look at the highs over the last four sessions, just under 85 people trying to just wiggle out as close to that area as possible. So right now you got four consecutive highs right there and you're trading down 78 cents. So resistance uh, at that former support here uh, in Disney. Uh, One other newsy stock before uh, we pick up with uh, uh, the ticker time. Mitch, give us uh, the news on Walgreens Boots Alliance. If uh, we're talking about not chasing stocks here, uh, this would definitely fall into that category. Yeah, definitely. So it looks like Walgreens Boots announced a leadership change with the CEO stepping down immediately. Um, And so Ginger Graham will serve as the interim CEO as his search for permanent CEO begins. And there's also uh, some pre-announcement there on guidance, right, Dennis? Yeah, Um, they said it's going to be at the low end of 2023 earning EPS 
adjusted earnings is going to be at the low end of previously announced guidance. So, I mean, everything not good about this thing. The funny thing is it actually went down initially, then it popped because that's what they do. Nothing is simple for the shorts. Um, I just want to go back to what Joel was saying, you know, not chasing stocks. I mean, there's a big difference, and I want to just teach us here, between not chasing stocks and buying dogs. When you're buying <laughs> Disney or Walgreens, sure, you're not chasing, but you're buying absolute dogs. What I'm saying is not chasing is I'm buying stocks that are probably still in uptrends, overall strong, but buying those ones on the dips. I mean, Disney is a broken story here right now. Again, I don't think it's going to go up until somebody fixes it. Walgreens, I'm not even sure if anybody can fix this, fix this one. I think Walgreens is going the way of Rite Aid. And that isn't a good thing. I mean, Rite Aid's, you know, 77 cents now going, trying to go bankrupt, I believe, for the second time. So, I mean, these are just disaster stories here. CVS has been a little bit better, but it's still sitting at all time. Basically not, you know, Walgreens at all time lows. CVS is at multi-year lows here now, too. Going back to 2020 pricing here, so three-year lows. I mean, this is just not the place to be. Let's go to an interesting one in the chat. Um, I saw Spot being mentioned in the chat. I haven't we haven't talked about that one in a long time. Spotify Technologies. I, I give them money every month. My wife's got the family account or whatever, and all of us. This are is on starting it. to take fun, off. But... In the last yeah, couple of days. Um, and and again, you know, this is just a rebound in the overall markets. So maybe it just got too oversold out there. Last, I believe that was earnings when they bashed down and then it leaked 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 and then we turned around you know about two weeks ago in the markets and this is really blast off nice they're talking about getting into a gap area i think there's major yep. resistance up at 160 though yep yep that's an easy one there uh area you can move up to really nothing in between there up on a very light volume and uh you know we're on spotify we have i don't know a couple thousand <laughs> listeners or streamers on uh i don't know yeah. someone was complaining that it wasn't being downloaded fast enough so I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm not doing it, but uh, yeah, spot looks like you got some room up at least on the dailies to 160. Uh, Roku growth name. Roku, Roku. Actually sitting there, and I've been looking at it, and I'm not the you know the biggest proponent of this story, but the the chart saying that it could get a nice little. Lift the chart there. looks good, Mitch. I'll give you the chart. Yeah, the the chart. chart's got that nice little hook that we talk about. It hasn't gone yet. I actually like the technicals on this one. I wish it wasn't Roku. Yeah. I wish it was something else and not <laughs> Yeah, Roku. this was like Unity. I, I think Dennis and I would be long already. Yeah, yeah. If this was any stock that wasn't Roku, I would probably be long right now. It looks constructive. If I was shorted, I would yeah. cover it right now because it does look like it wants to go. It looks like it wants to go back up to 90 to me. But the problem is I absolutely still just don't like the fundamentals of Roku. That's I don't like the story. Part. I mean, people are saying, well, this is streaming, but we know this everything's gone to streaming. I mean, this was the TiVo of streaming. And I just think you're not in that growth period here anymore. So, you know, they got their own channel. They're trying to do stuff, but all their content's not good. It's not like Netflix. So I, I'm not sure. I, 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 I like the chart, though. I do like the chart. Uh, remember when Comcast was going to buy them? <laughs> oh man who, i don't know who says that but that was it, it was it was a rumor it was oh, rumors was start what? from whoever you know that's the one thing yeah. is where do these rumors start from half the time so they come from wall street journal we listen very closely they come from other sources and we're like yeah <laughs> when was that when was the uh when did we ever let it wasn't during the olympic i, I thought it was like something during a lit they were doing something during the olympic coverage but no i mean uh you broke out over 80 i mean if things really get going here a lot of monthly resistance at 100 but i'm sure you could find some 
intermediate points in between that in Roku. All right. Uh, shop really taking off lately. It did. And I think, um, oh, one thing God. that I'm looking for also is I, I know, Dennis, you've mentioned this and it's okay. I think it's important sometimes to mention it, but I always like looking at shop and Amazon together and shop go, getting going yesterday, Amazon getting going. It's on my radar for sure. Well, Shopify's already went. We missed this move. This is absolutely chasing it. If you're buying it here today, 70s major resistance. I think, you know, this was the buy week ago or two weeks ago. When we started looking at it, it was pulling back and we wanted it in the 40s. It didn't. We already complained about this. <laughs> then they announced a deal with Amazon and that was blast off. Upgrade the next morning and you're off to the races. It looks like if I was long it, I think you got room to 70. But I just think coming at this point in time is the definition of chasing. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to give an intermediate level ahead of 70. You are trading up in the pre-market 21 cents, but uh, you have, uh, we're trading 66.70. I think if you've got multiple highs at the 67.75 area, if you're looking for a target just today, you had four highs in that area before you broke down. We did look at this one. We were hoping for a gap fill, but uh, I guess other people were... <laughs> Didn't have such low expectations for that one. And just to mention, I mean, you know what also has just been looking? The charts looking good. I mean, Amazon uh, pulled back, almost uh, filled the gap, and that's making a move back up. And you know what's just sneaky, sneaky rally here is Google um, mm -hmm. making a new high. Never sold off, Joel. Yeah, yeah, hung out. Ne never participated in the sell-off. And those are sometimes the stocks you want, where they won't go down when the market is selling off, and then they're the leaders when the market turns around. Sometimes you want to see that. When the market's going down, your stock's going sideways, that's great price action. And then all of a sudden, she starts going. I mean, how can you argue with that? I think everybody, you know, including myself to a certain extent, were nervous that Microsoft might actually eat some of Google's lunch. That hasn't materialized. And you know what helped Google was when Microsoft said that the on their earnings call gradual. that the AI growth was going to be gradual. And that was the green light go for Google as well, because it's telling you the chat GPT wasn't taking over the world tomorrow. And here we go. You know, you still Google everything. They still are dominant in search, you know, with 90% market share, whatever the hell it is. So, I mean, is Microsoft and Bing going to eventually get a piece of the lunch? Maybe, but we've thought that a lot of times before. And Microsoft really has been able to eat the Google pie. So Google's still best of breed in search. And you know what? Microsoft you know what Google has way. that Microsoft doesn't have that anybody else, that everyone else doesn't have, and then which is about what probably one of the greatest buys is uh, YouTube. YouTube, yeah, they, unbelievable. Yeah, yep. And now, Mitch, what they pay you know, for that? I think like five billion or something think, like that. Yes. Dig it Three? up, Mitch. I feel like it was like one point six billion or oh, something. Oh man! Oh um, man! How much? Google. You can ask Google. How much did Google? <laughs> Or YouTube. You can ask Google that question. <laughs> 1.65 billion. Oh man. What oh, is man. YouTube you think worth today? And obviously it's it's in Google. So you know what is YouTube worth oh, today? Oh, just get ready. You guys remember what's about to just happen. NFL Sunday so ticket, baby. Yep. There's a reason why I'm long pen and MGM. Are you gonna mm. get that that ticket thing? Hell yeah, Joe, I'm going to get the Sunday ticket. Got to. <laughs> I got to okay. watch my football, and I'm, I'm I'm done with the red zone. The only reason I got the red zone before was because I couldn't get the Sunday ticket. Now the red zone can go to the side, and I can go and watch the actual games. Yes, this will help me be able to watch, like, Dolphin games that, you know, I'm in Carolinas. Normally, I can't watch the Dolphin games. Now I can. And this is going to help a lot of people that, let's say, 
are are away from their home team. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that have moved, yet they still support their home team. We'll see what happens. Uh, someone just... Estimates on a YouTube valuation. <laughs> this from Google again. Uh, 160 billion, 180 oh. billion. Somebody was saying it's worth 500 billion. I mean, on the low end, it looks like 160 billion is what they would estimate YouTube to be worth today if it was a publicly traded company. So that's a good 100 times your money there. Wow. Google, genius company. Yeah, now they're TV too, right? And that's the, the major thing too. It's not just everything. the videos, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah, there's someone just asked real quick about it's AI. Us, here. Man, we're on YouTube right I, now. Uh, Boom. Yeah, that, yeah, that's taking over, baby. Uh, just uh, someone talked about asked about this AI here. Uh, you know, nice pullback. You had multiple lows in the same area, traded up 33 cents. I'd say make quick work at 32 here. The last two sessions high 31.84, 31.99. So got a little roadblock above 32. You get above 32, things open up. Uh, what else? We got the S and P's here, still strong. Dennis 27 and a quarter. Just off that pre-market high of 46 and a quarter. So the Labor Day rally can, yeah, Labor Day rally continues. Yeah, buy everything. Everything is up here today. The IWM is actually up more than the, well, it was up more in the queues. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but IWM is trading up here. Holy, my computer's running slow here. I need to get a Dell um, up 0.84%. <laughs> and then QQQ is up 0.69. So actually IWM's up more. It's, it's across the board. Mega cap, tech, banks. You got airlines, you got oil, you got dogs and cats living in harmony. It's just a party for the bulls here today, which actually makes me nervous. I'll say uh, Sundays are for football and they are for families. That's what I think on Sundays. Uh, the chat saying that uh, I should be studying the market. Come on, it's Sundays, guys. You don't always got to be in the markets. I think I'll it's important to take a break. You do, and this is something I never talk about there, but I don't like talking the markets on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday is no. family, sports, fun. I do some Get the boating. head right. Get away from it, man. There's people who are looking at charts on the weekend. I think that's just, you know, it's too much. You know, we work hard Monday through Friday. Work hard, play hard. Play hard on the weekend. Don't worry about the markets on the weekend. I know Joel's got to get up at six o'clock. Look, he's addicted, but you know we're not all addicts. I'm not on the weekend. How the hell am I going to look on the weekend? It's Sunday. Say, I don't. Six o'clock. You how often do you miss a Sunday six o'clock open? Well, that's not six a.m. Six p.m. Sunday. Six p.m. When other people are enjoying their family dinner, you're like, what's Spoo's doing? <laughs> yeah, because you don't miss yeah. it. You don't miss it. What? Well, you can look at the opportunities you get. Like uh, the open, yeah, you know, we closed See, yesterday. Yeah, cool. You open near the low. I mean, I can't Weekend battle trader these. right there. The, 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 you can't. You can't. Uh, you can't beat these guys. Did but, you know IBKR is going twenty four hour? Gone twenty four hours now too. Interactive brokers, you can trade twenty four hours a day on. Yeah. Well, didn't TD Ameritrade try that too? Yeah, um, well, they were doing it on ETFs. So IBKR is doing it on everything. Oh, everything. you can do it all. Right. Yeah, you put your market overnight, and you can just go out there. Well, it'd be ridiculously <laughs> wide, Mitch. Don't just go start taking liquidity. There'll be no, there'll be no market on a lot of stocks. Like it'll be open, but there's no bids. So you could buy that stock for a penny. Throw your penny bids out there, but they're gonna bust because there's still rules after hours. Remember, but. Yeah, I'd be right. 24 hours Quick 30-second wrap, Dennis. You ready for the markets? Yep, I'm ready. Oh, you want my wrap? 30 uh, seconds. It's an everything rally here today. 
again, I'm not chasing here, so not putting on any swing longs here today unless it's something that maybe hasn't gone here yet. So I think don't panic. It would be more opportunities, but have your list ready and buy the dip when we get it. All right. We'll see you guys back on Tuesday. Don't show Tuesday. up on Monday. We won't be here, team. Just let you I guys I get a know. day off? I never get a day off. That's maybe you should maybe you should do a show on uh, on Monday. You could just you could just talk for an hour. I, I never mean, get a and... day off. <laughs> Isn't that what pre market? Pre- oh no no no! I forgot. We're here. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Come check us out on live trading. team i'll get you over live trading right now sorry about that just had to check the redirect there starting up right in two minutes